Our future is hankered. We thank you, Father. We give it all the praise and glory. We open our heart this morning to receive from you, Lord, your word. And we ask in the name of Jesus that your word will come to us with power. In the name of Jesus. Chains will be broken by the power of your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I think God has issues with people who don't say amen when prayer is going on. It's not just about me. I think there's an issue. And if you form that habit of not responding, after a while, I think God will stop talking or engaging. Praise God. This morning, I want to speak with that brevity of time that I have on the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Jesus, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Many of us know that interesting scriptures. Hallelujah. I'm going to give us about three things here that are other things why Christ was raised from the dead or the benefit of that resurrection. The benefit of that resurrection. And then if you have your Bible with me, open to the book of Job. I'm going to start from the book of Job, chapter 1. Job chapter 1. The Bible says in the book of Job chapter 1, And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence thou comest? Comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, As thou considered my servant Job, there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God and has steward evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made an edge about him, about his house, about all that he has on every side? Hast thou blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land? But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he had, and he will cause thee to thy face. Hallelujah. Isn't that an amazing scenario that we see? Now, the Bible says, please, can we pay attention? The Bible says the sons of God gathered. We will not do theological exegesis on who the sons of God are. But it appeared that Satan has a status among the sons of God to also appear. Because he had access. But he was given a different identity apart from the sons of God. It was unique, so they said Satan also appeared. I mean, he was in the presence of God and he had access because when the sons of God appear, what God does is to take inventory, do an evaluation of the assignment. Every one of them will give report. Those who were given territories to, to, to oversee. Those who are territories in the galaxies and all part of God's creation. Then the Bible says Satan came. Normally it was not Satan that was meant to show up. It was someone else that was meant to show up. Who was also the son of God because the Bible referred to Adam as a son of God. He was unique in his creation and he was able to earn by that creation of uniqueness, the status of a son of God. Adam was meant to appear and represent mankind and give evaluation of what was going on the earth. So when Adam had missed it, Satan came in lieu of Adam and God said, Satan, where are thou coming from? Because that was not where Satan ought to be as Lucifer. Because when God asks you where are thou, it means you have lost your position. So he said, where are thou coming from? Of course, God knew it was more like a rhetorical question, and Satan answered, however, and said that I've been walking to and fro the earth. And that gives us something about the limitation of the devil that is not everywhere at the same time. He walks to and fro. Satan cannot cause accident everywhere at the same time. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He walks to and fro. God will be tied the person who Satan is around part time, who does not have protection around him. So God now asked him a question, because he knew that he has a file of everybody. One creation out of the entire human race is that as thou considered a servant, my servant Job, a man that was upright, a man that has chewed even and all of that, God gave his own profile of Job. Interestingly, Job, Satan also had his own profile. You'll be amazed that out of the seven billion people on the face of the earth, Satan has the details of everybody. How he got it, we don't know. But he knows your forefather. 
your forefather, great grandfather, and everything they did that you don't even have access to. He has all of the fire. And so he showed God the fire. And he said, have you blessed him? Is, 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 is Job fearing you for nothing? And now that gives me a picture of heaven. And he said, because you are blessing, that is why he feared you. Because he has prospered, that is why he's still in faith. May your faith not be anchored on your prosperity, but on the love of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because that kind of, of, of life, when Satan weighed it before the Lord, it wasn't worth much. Everyone who celebrate God only on the account of their breakthrough and celebrate the favor of God upon their life because of what they have, when it is weighed like this, for some reason, it weighed only little into the presence of the Lord. So Satan argued, have you blessed him for not? Is it not because you prospered him? That's why he goes to church. <laughs> is it not because you have given him this, you have blessed him, you gave him a job, that is why he appears in church. And then he said, you touch him now. Remove your hand. Let me attack him. Let's see if he will not curse you. And I saw that the greatest warfare in heaven comes by argument. It was an argument that Satan had with God. You'll be amazed how much God entertains argument. The Bible says when Satan was cast down, he says the accuser of the brethren. He will not accuse if he was not allowed to accuse. It therefore means that out of all the things that Satan has been restricted to do upon the earth, accusation is still one thing that is open to do. Whether he negotiates in heaven or he negotiates from the earth, Satan will always argue and will always argue your position with God. There are arguments around us that is the basis for the warfare. The strongest warfare is not only when you close your eyes and you fast and you are praying. It's the one that is done when arguments are made. Why you should suffer and why you should not suffer. And the Bible says in the book of Colossians, I mean 1st, 2nd Corinthians and verse chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And he began to mention the strongholds. He said, casting down imaginations. He says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm going to stop there. He said, casting down imaginations. The word imagination also means the word argument. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Paul said, when we are fighting warfare, one of the things that we do is that we begin to address satanic arguments. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Whether an argument that is external or an argument that is within us or an assumption that we have, but I can tell you that your life is what your life is now because one argument prevailed over another argument. If the argument of Satan prevailed, because we found out here that it appeared that the argument of Satan prevailed, he said you have not blessed him. He's not serving you for nothing. He's serving you because you have blessed him. Is that true? And God is a righteous God. You need to know that God is a righteous God. He doesn't just do things anyhow. He said, okay, let's prove it. And he said, okay, don't touch his life because that will be the basis for which we will know because there is a hope for a living dog than a dead lion. Because left to Satan, he will kill Job. He said, don't touch his life. But God knew that Job was blessed beyond. He was a, he was, he was a lover of God beyond the prosperity. And God needed to prove, ah, maybe your life He's been subjected to that kind of argument. You remember what Jesus said concerning Judas? He said, Satan has demanded. He demanded. It was not just something Satan sat back and wished. He had appeared before God and argued Peter out of the plan of God. He argued Peter out of the plan of God. So the first time that Jesus saw Peter, there was something that Jesus did. He showed that he is the I am that I am. Because when Jesus told them that I am that I am, he was making reference to the Lord who sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel. When he gave his name, he gave his name as I am that I am. And I am that I am does not mean that God travels to your past or comes into your present or travels into your future. It means that wherever God is, he is in your past, in your present, and in your future. So the first time that said, I mean, do that, I mean, Peter appeared before Jesus. Jesus began to declare the future. He said, you are Peter. He entered into the future that Peter was yet to enter because he knew that if he did not enter into that space, Satan will argue Peter out of the plan of God. Because every tendency that Peter had would not make him to be a leader. He had a tendency to be moved towards and fro, and Satan will have argued with God. Is he that kind of person you want to make the head of the church? He's not fit. He's a Simon. Based on the way his father named him. 
And his father was a figure of authority over Peter. So he named him Simon. And because his name is Simon, he therefore means that he's a reed. He's shaking to and fro. He's not stable. You can't build a church on someone that is not stable. He argued Peter out of the plan of God. Maybe tied to an ancestral authority who had named him Simon. But Jesus knew better. And when the day he saw Peter, Simon, he said, you are Peter. What he did was to present another argument. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because by that same word, he created all things. So he presented another argument. So in the day when he prayed, when Peter, when Satan had argued Peter out of the plan of God, he said, but I have prayed for you. Meaning that I have presented my argument that your faith will not fail. Your faith will not fail. Meaning that the basis for the argument was that Peter was going to fail. He was going to fail God. That the way we have conducted our life, many of us in the past, and the way we from the places where we grew up, from the environment where we grew up, certain are certain arguments against our life. And these arguments are presented day and night so that you and I cannot live in the plan and in the will of God for our lives. There are arguments going on. And people said, is that the weapons of our warfare, they are not counter. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of arguments. So one of the things that resurrection brought to us is to pull down arguments. You must know the power of resurrection in order to be able to deal with these arguments. There are three kinds of arguments that I'm going to show us today. The things that Satan will argue. When it comes to matters of our lives. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying here? Are you listening? You know, coming up from a polygamous family... It doesn't matter how much I try to do to maintain a nuclear family, Satan will still argue that I do not deserve to have a nuclear family. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He will present it that I do not have. Because the will of the flesh and the will of the blood states that I should act after my father. Because he visits the iniquities of the father upon the fourth generation. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So there are arguments. Your, your past will tell you the kind of arguments that heaven is facing concerning you. Your past. If you take an inventory of what your forefathers did. Somebody called me all the way from, I think, Oshogbo or thereabout. And when she began to talk about her story, she, she was living with her stepmother. And then after a while, they sent her out of the house. And while they sent her out of the house, she was doing fine. Everything came down. She found her mother. So she was living with her brother's younger sister or twin sister. Then she later discovered her mother. She never knew her father. Now, the story is that they want to kill her from her father's house. And when she realized and she met her mother, the mother also told her that when I wanted to give birth to you, I went to the ocean to go and collect you. So you would have to serve. All of your brothers, all of you would have to serve. That is an argument. In case you have that kind of history today, you have something or something similar to you. you must understand that Satan argues. On the basis of your past, he argues. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? The warfare that many people are fighting, all the attack that came upon Job, all of his children dying, businesses collapsing, did not begin with his business. It began with argument. It began with certain imagination that Satan sustained and projected to the Lord, upon which the attack was licensed. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? So arguments are an exchange of diverging and opposing views, typically a heated and angry one, and a, a reason or set of reasons given in support of an idea, action, or a theory. Whether Satan has theorized why you should not, whether it's a statement of fact, but Satan will always argue. Do you know that when people argue, they don't argue always because of fact? Sometimes they argue because of theory. Do you know? They just argue because of an assumption. They don't even have the fact. They will tell you that, no worry, Ukraine will defeat Russia. I mean, that's not a fact. That's a theory. <laughs> because on the basis of fact, <laughs> hello, Russia will defeat, will annihilate, obliterate Ukraine. But you will see somebody still come with newspaper and tell you that Enyimba will beat Arsenal. Only if Enyimba has Buari as the president <laughs> of the club. I mean, people argue. So sometimes Satan also argue not on the basis of fact. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He argues on the basis of theory, but arguments are still argument. Are you listening? So Satan would argue one thing in our lives, sin. He will argue through the basis of sin. 
He will argue through the basis of what? Sin. He will argue through the basis of the errors of our human foundations. The errors that is in our human foundation. And number three arguments Satan will always present is our insufficiency. Number one, he will argue the subject of sin in our life. He will argue the subject of the errors in our human foundation. Number three, he will argue our insufficiency, our incompatibility with the grace of the Lord. Now, when Satan argues about sin, he argues two kinds of sin. He argues the original sin and the actual sin. Now, the original sin is what brought man, was what brought man under the authority of the devil. The original sin was not what you committed. The original sin was what Adam committed. The Bible said, by one man's error, by one man's sin, he said, judgment and death came upon the earth. By the sin of one man, the Bible said, the death came upon everyone who had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's sin. So when you are born into this world, you are a sinner because you are born of Adam. You are born of flesh and blood. For all have sinned and come short, all of us, without an exception. In the original sin that brought about judgment, and that this judgment is a judgment that is taking people to hell. It was brought by the original sin. Every other sin a man commits upon the original sin is just an addendum. Whether you commit fornication, you commit adultery, you thief, you steal, you are unforgiving and all of that. Whatever it is that a man commits on the original sin, he's just adding to it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The original sin is sufficient enough to take man to hell. It was on the basis of the original sin that Adam sinned that judgment came upon all mankind and the wrath of God came upon all mankind. And God said, in the day that you eat of this, you will die. And everyone that came out of him also died. And everyone that died after the death of Adam is also bound to die the second death. That is the actual sin. So when Jesus came, he came to address, I mean the original sin rather. He came to address not just the original sin, he also came to address the actual sin, which is the sin that you and I commit, the one that Adam did not do. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But the basis for the sin that we commit is a result of the nature that we have inherited from Adam, the nature of sin that we took from Adam. So it therefore means that all of our own kind of sin, they are fruit of sin. So if we're going to deal with our actual sin, we have to deal with the original sin first. So what Jesus came to do was to address. Now when man sinned, God already said judgment will come. And for the forgiveness of man to be perfected, there would have to be a death. Now this death will come by a sinless creature, and not just any creature, but a son, a man. Somebody who is also a man is the, is the one that has the, 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 the possibility of making sacrifice that is acceptable, acceptable unto God because Adam could not have died for his own sin. It was not possible because he was already corrupted. And God will not take the blood of someone that has already sinned. Now, when people want some very high level of sacrifice and engagement in the spiritual world, they will give some kind of animals. The animal that you gave as lizard cannot provide sacrifice as cat. Cat will provide less than chicken. Chicken will provide less than goat. Goat provide less than man. The Bible says if the blood of goats and bulls could not cleanse a man, that the blood of goats and bulls, all the sacrifices they were doing were not cleansing them, were not really dealing with the subject of sin, but was like by, it was a stopgap that God had to keep them for one year. Every year they will come again. God will also keep them for another year. Every year again, again they will come again and God will keep them for another year. Until Jesus came and sacrificed himself once. He paid, his, he paid the penalty for the sin that man committed. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? In Psalms 86 verse 5. He said, Thou Lord, thou art good and ready to forgive. And plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon thee. It does not matter what sin any man had committed. The Bible says everyone that call upon thee, God, is merciful and plenteous in mercy unto all them. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 says, For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. When God forgives, he does not remember. You are the one that has it in your memory disk. God has, forgi has forgiven you. He doesn't keep record of your errors. He, do he doesn't keep record of your sin. Is somebody still listening to what I'm saying? In Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. Had he quickened together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses. Look at your neighbor and say 
all your trespasses. All your trespasses means that your original sin and even your actual sin is under the purview of his grace. And all your trespasses. In Romans chapter 3 verse 23 to 25. It says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of the Lord. But being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth as a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? Whether it's in the past, God set forth Jesus as a propitiation for all our sins. Let me tell you one thing about sin. Because sometimes, you know, people are, we live in, people live in careless life and then they wonder why God is not judging them. Why the evil that they say will come upon them is not coming upon them. Now, it is not in the mind and in the will of God that someone should die as a sinner. Just know that. So sometimes God will allow you to live you have the option to make a turn. It's your option. I made a turn 1996. May 6th at about 11. I don't have any reason to return till today. There will be no reason to return. There is nothing that I can do about that. The bridge had been burned. I returned. I will not return rather. I turned to Christ. 1996. I was the one looking for somebody to get me saved. I was the one asking questions. What are the signs of the end time? I was asking questions. Nobody preached. And I went to look for a brother. And as they preached to me, what are the signs of the end time? And they led me to Christ. That was a revival in my spirit. Something came upon me. I was looking for salvation. Nobody preached to me. In fact, as a matter of fact, I knew the word born again after I got born again. But you have been hearing the word born again all your life. You are still not born again. That you are in church does not mean that you are in Christ. That you are close to the pastor does not mean that you have contact with the life of God. Just know that. Is somebody still listening to me? But guess what? When they brought that woman who was caught in the act of adultery to Jesus, and they said this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Excuse me, sir. In the act of adultery means that there were two people in practice. How come they brought the woman? And I have an understanding from that expression that Satan has selective justice. Two people can be stealing. Two people can be robbing. Only one will be destroyed. Satan, as long as the other one can be saved for the other day, the other one, Satan will keep one. Do not think that the person that was judged, you are better than the person. Satan might be administering selective justice because he's not a righteous judge. He took one out of two who did the same thing. So that you have escaped it means that Satan will just spare you for the future. <laughs> Amen. You will not be victim in Jesus' name. The Bible said, in whom we have redemption through his blood. And the forgiveness of sin. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14. The beautiful thing about Jesus. Is that he brought about forgiveness. In a way that you will not be condemned. You will feel so free. There is nobody who comes to Jesus. Sinner. Who comes to him humbly to be saved. Who comes to him that God rejects. Nobody. 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 Excellently nobody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Everybody condemned the woman who had had five husbands. And was living with one. Of course, you know what that kind of mean in the, in the synagogue that was a subject of preaching. I said, you live with one man. You are not, you are not, you are not married. You are this and that. When the, Jesus told that woman who and what she does, who she was and what she does. And that was her turning point. Because in, in, what it means that she had met six men. Six men. Jesus was the seventh one. So when Jesus came, he was a sizing mob. Look at the bicep because Jesus had bicep. If you want me to prove it, it was a carpenter, you can't be doing carpentry and not a bicep. Yes or no? All oh, this cheese and cheese. <laughs> Those of us who don't have bicep, I said, we are not like Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm sure Jesus didn't have my kind of tummy. Because if he had that kind of tummy, it would have been easy when they pierced him. All this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All this intestine will just come out. <laughs> Amen. I want to be like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. But still, Jesus accepted me the way I am. <laughs> Amen. I feel no shame. I lift up my hand. He sees my tummy. He says, My son, I love you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The beautiful thing about the forgiveness of Jesus is that you can stay free in his presence, even if you are a murderer. 
and never feel ashamed. So beautiful. And the person who had never seen all his life also shows up and he doesn't see you differently. The person who had never done anything wrong, as it were, but you have lived your life waywardly. If you come to him, I can assure you that Jesus will not condemn you. The Bible says everyone that comes to him, he will know why he's cast away. Everyone that, came, that comes to him, he will know why he's cast away. Number two thing, that he has, so when the, Satan brings the argument of sin, I presented the argument of God concerning your salvation, concerning your redemption. Are you listening? All the scriptures I showed were arguments. So that when Satan seeks to condemn you, you can push your own arguments. That is one of the benefits of the resurrection. It's not just so that we can celebrate Easter and eat uh, turkey and go up and down and put on, his, on our social media status. He has a rose, he's risen, he's rose and all of that. But he gave us so that we can have arguments. We can have arguments. Because the real warfare is done by arguments. The argument that is in your consciousness. One day, I did something very wrong many years ago, like 18, or 18 years ago. And then I felt, I mean, the sin consciousness came to me so heavily and I was afraid. The room where I was, I knew there was fear. It was so heavy. Then somehow, while I was trying to doze up, the Lord tapped me up. He said, stand up and go and make your way right with God. That was the day I understood that God is not, in, is not the one accusing me. It's the devil accusing me. That thing that is accusing you of abortion, that thing that is accusing you of the sin that you did seven years ago, six years ago, is not God. It's the devil arguing. And if you don't understand the power, the benefit of resurrection, you will not understand the place of redemption and how what God had done with sin in your life. Jesus paid it all that he who is the just and the justifier. He is the just and the justifier. There are people that will justify people in court today because they've been bribed. But you can't find God being bribed. He is just as a God. Meaning that Jesus paid the price that was due for sin in your place. Because Adam sinned in your place. He took one man to bring about sin upon man. It will take one man to bring righteousness. So when we accept Jesus, we have accepted the gift of righteousness. The same way we inherited the gift of sin from Adam. The sin that is taking you and I to hell was committed not even by your forefather but by Adam. But it came upon mankind. The same way the gift of righteousness. So, say that I cannot say, how can one man sin? How can one man be right? I mean, be righteous and pay the price for everybody? God will tell you, tell the devil that it was on the basis of the sin of one man that sin came to the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, it's on the basis of one man righteousness, righteousness came. But this time around to those who have accepted him. Because when you were born of mankind, you, are, you have accepted Adam naturally because you were born by Adam. So, you were born you by default you have accepted the life of adam so but to accept the life of jesus you would have to now believe on his name you now do not believe that god suffered him god killed him and god raised him from the dead and the bible says that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation anybody can be saved wherever he's sitting down all he needs to say father i believe that jesus died for my sin and he was raised from my justification i believe by this i am born again that is how to be born again that is how to receive eternal life. That is how to receive the life of God inside of you. It doesn't take more than that. Than to come to the knowledge of this truth and accept it. So number two argument that Satan presents is the error in your foundation. You remember the story of Jabez. The mother named him Jabez because she bore him in sorrow. And you can imagine somebody being called sorrow for what he was not responsible for. Everywhere he went, they called him sorrow. Everywhere he went, they called him sorrow. And nobody wanted to associate with him. Until Jabez called upon the name of the Lord is God. And God gave him a turnaround. Sometimes there are errors in our human foundation that Satan still uses as a basis for argument. But in God, there is no basis for this anymore. Are you listening to what I'm saying? See, whether it was your forefather who went to go and employ Abalis to bring about a cause into your family, Satan will argue from that point of view to begin a civilization in your life and he want to stand on that ground, but only in Christ Jesus you are free. In your father's house, you are not free. But in your heavenly father's house, you are free. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? See, you may not know this if you don't come from a polygamous family. Oh, goodness God. Many, many years ago, I would go to this prophet. I would go to this prayer meeting. And they would tell me all the evils in my father's house. Many of them I knew. And they would tell me what your father did. Because my father would send money to, for them to go and worship um, this Ogun. I mean, it was a regular thing. And our house was full of all kinds of... You know, civilization that was not of God. 
So by that, Satan, you know, can implicate our lives, implicate our future. Because mankind had given him legal right into that family. My father opened the door. Not just my father, my grandfather opened the door. Not just my grandfather, my great-grandfather opened the door. They were all fetish in their right. They were all worshippers of Ogun. So when I got born again, Satan would argue on the basis of that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Until I met Christ and I discovered there's another argument. Is somebody listen? When Job came to argue the prosperity and the life, the integrity of Job, there was no other argument God could present because there was no priest to stand in for Job. You're not getting what I'm saying. Job had no other voice, but only the voice of the devil. Because God will not argue with the devil. That is, Bible, Bible says we have an advocate. Job didn't have an advocate, so in the presence of God, there was no blood speaking for him. There was no high priest speaking for him. So it was a one-way argument, and God will not argue with the devil. The only thing God did was that, okay, let's test it. But today, God will not subject your life to that kind of testing. Because we have an advocate with the Father. Christ, the Son of the living God. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? And that is why the Bible says we should maintain our confession. To maintain your confession means that to say the same thing as your advocate. Your advocate is saying something through the blood. Then you must say the same thing. Because argument is going. Before you have that accident. Before you had that accident. Satan argued with it first. Why you would have to have it. And God said that no. The accident will not take his life. Maybe because you did not say the same thing. That your advocate is saying. You are a bad witness to your own life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So the arrows in our foundation. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to, 20, to um, 13. Is there giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance and the saint and the light. Who had delivered us from the power. Look at the neighbor. Say power. power. From the authority and, uh, of darkness. And has translated us into the kingdom of his son. What did God do through Jesus? He translated us from the authority of darkness. It doesn't matter whether you come from Imbitole. In Imo state, it does not matter where you come from. And they tell you the deity of that particular community required that you, every lady that is 33 years old, if it's not subject to worshipping of this deity, will be subject to barrenness. It does not matter what happened, who instituted it. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, you have been translated. You have another inheritance. What an argument that you have. When I go to those prophets, they all kinds of things. One day they asked me to carry salt. That was the end of it for me. Because many of you will visit. You will visit those who will tell you the things in your past. You don't need to know the things in your past as much as you need to know the things in Christ. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? I would argue it was on Easter period that God delivered me. It was light. It was revelation. And I would go one day. I would carry salt. And I went in the middle of the night at about 1 o'clock. I mean 12, 12, 12 a.m. in the morning. Very dark on top of one narrow bridge. Somewhere far, I won't mention his name. Before you go there and capture it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And they said, I should throw the salt in the moving stream. So I threw it. But while I carried the salt in my head, I told the Lord. I was born again, talk, talking, vision seeing. Had God audibly, Kabandara. Are you getting what I'm saying? But there was something still wrong with my knowledge. So when I, when I carried it, I told myself, I said, God, if this is the gospel, I will never preach it. I said, if this is the gospel, if this one I'm carrying in my head is what you call gospel, I will count me out. Count me out. Going 3 a.m. to wash myself in the babish, he said the gospel, count me out. Are you listening to what? I mean, what? Oh, goodness, God. You will not suffer. Amen. I mean, if you are here, oh, they've told you, man, so, I mean, somebody went to meet a so-called prophet and the prophet said that she should pray over anointing oil and pour sand. And after a while, she should I mean, drink it. Is that gospel? No, to you as human, does that sound like the gospel? That's too complex. The Bible says, beware so that Satan will not deceive you through the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. The breakthrough comes from the simple principles of Christ, not complicated one. When the prophet was done, or rather, the sorcerer was done, who called himself a prophet, now said, well, the Lord just told me now that I have to use the anointing to sleep with you. And this was a tongue-talking sister. And there's a little bit of argument here, but after the while, she succumbed to it. Don't be so desperate that you are eating feces of animals or humans. 
That's what it seems. People, I mean, you're so desperate that the next thing to do is to eat feces. That's madness. Why are you quiet? Well, the sorcerer had this way anyway. Are you listening? John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As how many? As many. When you are born of God and you receive him, the Bible says you are no longer born after the will of man or the blood, the will of the flesh. You are no longer born. It means that the, the captivity that has been recorded in your blood lineage, you are free from it. That's what it means. That, that, that affliction that was coded in your father's name, he said when you are born, when you have received it, you are no longer born out of the will. Meaning that the flesh and blood cannot enforce their will on you anymore. That's what it means. But of God, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. So Satan will present the argument of sin. He will present the argument of the errors in your foundation. And number three, he will present the argument of your insufficiency. All of these three things, the resurrection of Jesus dealt with it. If he's not presenting the argument of sin, he will present the arguments of the errors in your foundation. It means that the sins that you did not commit, you would have to turn out like this because your father was a worshiper of this. Because the prison your family introduced this. Now, these are logic and as legitimacy. However, the legitimacy of those things were destroyed in Christ Jesus. That is why the Bible did not say, if any man is in 2022. He said, if any man is in Christ. He didn't say, if any man is in fragrance of grace church. He said, if any man is in Christ. So it is only in Christ that every argument of the devil becomes baseless. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Then the third argument is your insufficiency. How many of us feel so insufficient to deal with the issues of our life? We feel so insufficient. When you see visions, you will see powers oppressing you, snake biting you, one bed carrying you, every kind of thing happening to you. You start beginning to nurse helplessness. You begin to nurse insufficiency. There is only one cure, and that is found in the resurrection of Jesus. So he did not only deal with the issue of sin. He dealt with the argument of human foundation. He dealt with the argument of insufficiency. So when I was told that I have to keep doing this, and I have to do that, one day I prayed. See, forget prayer. All of you, I mean, I did not forget prayer. Pray, but sometimes when you pray, and you don't have the right knowledge, you may see suffer. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Young man, listen. I prayed, I prayed. The more I prayed, the more vision I see these people. I knew about three of them from my father's house who were oppressing me. I knew them by name. One day I prayed, I prayed, I saw one monitoring me with a binocular in my visions of the night. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In my, I saw one monitoring me with a binocular and they called his na our name. And I went to my father when I met my father days after. I said, who is so-so and so-so person? My father looked at me. He said, they are pursuing you again. My father knew them. <laughs> because when I was born, I was less than eight days old. A prophet approached my mom. He said, there are three people from your husband's house who will finish this boy's life. I was dying when I was small. I took 21 injections before I was 8 days old. Today, I don't take drip. I don't take injections. I've taken everything I needed to take. <laughs> don't be like <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm talking about real-time issues. You've never been as oppressed as I was. My oppressor grew to the point where I will physically lie down in a room. And these three individuals will walk into the house. And they will cover themselves in a place, in a way I won't know. And, they, and as long as they walk into the house, I will be so oppressed. I will not be able to move, nor talk, nor do anything. I immediately leave, I will forget. I only remembered everything after I gave my life to Christ. It was an oppression pro max. They were installing civilizations, installing things in my family. There was nothing I could until I got born again. When I got born again, I saw a vision. This time around, they didn't come three. They came once, but this one was giant. Was giant and it stood in my father's house. And I looked at it and I was looking up. I saw this giant and I could not call the name Jesus. But I knew the name Jesus. When they used to come, I couldn't call anybody. I didn't know Jesus. If I knew Jesus, he would not answer me. <laughs> so I saw this giant creature and he stood. And I wanted to call Jesus and I struggled. 
I wanted to call you and I struggled. But I, as I kept trying to call Jesus, power came from within me. And I said, Jesus. And that creature fell down. Bah! I couldn't do that when I was not in Christ. So are you listening to what I'm saying? So the resurrection of Jesus brought sufficiency to deal with the issues that are in my life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What will you do with the resurrection of Jesus? Will it be to you a news or the basis for which your victory is secured? All will be determined by you, not God anymore. So one thing that the resurrection of Jesus dealt with is the insufficiency of mankind. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse, verse 5 to 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything else of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but the spirit killed, for the letter killed, but the spirit gave it life. The Bible says we have this treasure in heathen verses. We have what? The treasure in heathen verses. Look at Psalm 66 verse 30. Now say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves unto you. Now look at what the Bible says. That it is through the greatness. Through what? The greatness of thy power. Meaning that there is power. There is great power. Are you listening? And the Bible says enemies. Talking about all of them. It says through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves. So the enemy will not submit just because you are power. There is a level of power that is called greatness of his power that submits, that puts the enemy in perpetual subjugation. The Bible said the apostles, when they cried unto the Lord, the Bible said, and great power was given. So there is great power that was given. But in Christ, what was given, was allocated to the resurrection was more than great power. The Bible calls it the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, the Bible said, him the spirit that raised Christ. There was a reason why he was specific about the spirit that raised Christ because there was a spirit that raised Lazarus. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There was a spirit that raised Lazarus. The allocation of power was not the same as the spirit that raised Jesus because God knew that the spirit that will raise Jesus, the allocation will become the allocation for the church. I'm not getting what I'm saying here. Are you getting me? Now, he said that if the spirit that raised Jesus, he was specific about that kind of resurrection. Because there were many resurrections. But there is a kind of resurrection. Now this was what, how my liberty came. During Easter, I was meditating many years ago. And then having gone through all kinds of practice, carrying sword here and there, praying all manner of prayer. And as I laid in the chair, on the chairs, many years ago, I began to meditate on the, on the resurrection of Jesus. And the Holy Ghost came and gave me light. And he had the communication between me and the Holy Ghost. And he said something. That when Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, there was a need for an intercessor. When Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, there was a need for a prophet. And the prophet moved, having interceded. He moved to the location. When Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, there was a need for an instruction to roll away the stone. When Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, there was a need for a word to go forth from the mouth of the prophet. When Lazarus came out, there was still a need to bind and lose. He said, lose and let him go. He said, but when he came to Christ, there was no need for anybody. It therefore means that you don't need the problems to be dispersed. You can walk out of the problem. And I saw Jesus walking out of his cocoon without effort. The stone being rolled away without effort from any human. Then I understood what it means by the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now this kind of power, this kind of allocation is not for the minister. It's for the believer. It's an inheritance that is in every believer so that he the spirit of him that raised Christ dwells in your mortal body he will quicken your mortal body what will you do with the spirit that raised him from the dead that's it from that day I cease to pray certain prayers from that day I cease to bind certain devils and now understood that there could be several serpents around you but when you look at the serpent that was judged, the bite of the serpent will have no effect on it. It doesn't matter how many Satan crawl all over your body. You can be sleeping and still be victorious. Because there is a shout of a king among them. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? 
you will understand what it means uh, that holding the seed of faith by which you quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Whether you are asleep or you are awake, warfare is going on because you are conscious of the spirit that is in you and the same allocation that raised Christ from the dead. This is not after the order of Lazarus. This is the after the order of Jesus. And that was how my liberty came. Since that day, I went to the prophet who would prophesy to me and tell me about how many demons were following me from my father's house. And the next thing he said was that, he said, you don't have any problem anymore. I dealt with the issues and my Isaiah returned and said, you are not going to die anymore. Because the prophet doesn't have the final say. All he has is a partial saying. The Bible says, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light inside of them. If you understand what I'm saying, you will do battles. You will do arguments with the spirit that is in you. I raised Christ Jesus. It's not just any old spirit. The order is different. You can be a priest after the order of Aaron. But you can be a priest after the order. It is priesthood but different order. You can seek resurrection after the order of Lazarus. But you can seek resurrection after the order of Jesus. It's the same resurrection but different order. What order do you want? You can be baptized after the baptism of John. You can be baptized after the baptism of Jesus. What kind of baptism do you seek? What kind of resurrection do you seek? Whatever is dead in your life, that spirit has the power to bring it alive. Not just in your life, but in your environment. He said that spirit is given so that everything that is dead comes alive. Because the spirit came in Jesus. And he made sure that every body, every part of the body that was dead came alive. Do you know what you have? What will you do with that spirit? That raised him from the dead. I came out of the cocoon. The cocoon was found there. But Jesus came out. Nobody removed the stone. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Nobody loosed. You get one around and say, everything. Jesus came out. You are fighting too many battles you just walk away from. God did not destroy the authority of darkness. He translated you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes you want to deal with the problem your father has just changed fatherhood. Hey, hey. You are in. Change fatherhood. But guess what? Paul showed us how you engage this kind of spirit. It's not a spirit that you engage just because somebody put an anointing on your head. He said that I may know him and the power. So you have to know him. You have to know that the power of resurrection dwells inside of you. You have to know what the power does. That kind of knowing is not a theoretical kind of knowing. It's revelation. That's what Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. He said that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling and the exceeding greatness. This kind of power, this deposit is activated by revelation. The day you know that the one that dwells in you, you will walk through darkness as though you have no problem. You will walk through life as though there is no issue with you. It doesn't matter how many people have gone down the drain in your family. If the spirit that is of Christ is in you, it will begin to activate the things inside of you. When you know this, then you tell yourself, Oh, the spirit is in me now, I know. I know that I can now self-resurrect. When God gave out the spirit that raised Christ of Jesus, what, Jesus, what he did was that he made his power user-friendly. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because you talk about UI's UX experience. God was redesigning a UI that was interesting. So that you will not go and be killing animals. That was a UI. You are not killing animals to go and look for redemption. You can confess and get redemption. Are you listening to what I'm saying? An experience that is also different. Are you getting so there is no complication? He said, you are, not get, are you getting what I'm saying? Here? What would you do with that spirit now? What would you do with that spirit now? If that spirit is in you now, you begin to address all the things in your life that are dead. Upon this is a celebration of Easter. Worth it. Can we be on our feet? If the spirit that is in Christ Jesus. Now if you are here you know that you have missed it. You are not born again. I want to pray for you right away. Then we go into this prayer point. You know that you want to return to the Lord. You know that you have missed it. Wherever you are please. Why all eyes are, are closed. All eyes are closed. I want to put your hand on your chest. And I want to pray with you. You want to return to the Lord. You want to be born again. You want to receive life. You want to receive life. Inside of you, wherever you are, just say after me. Say, Jesus, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. In your name, I receive forgiveness. I believe you died for me. You died for my sins. And you were raised from my justification. I accept it into my life today. As a new creation, I receive your life. I receive your spirit. I receive eternal life. Now I am born again. Now I am saved now i am changed satan has no place for in me the blood cleanses me 
from every sin in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Wherever you are, just raise your hand and let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of these ones, wherever they are, in the name of Jesus, for grace that has brought them to you, let the same grace keep them. Let the grace retain them. Let the grace help them. Let the grace keep them. In the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Everyone who prayed that prayer, please, after service, would like to meet with you so that we can begin the work of redemption in your life. Hallelujah. Is somebody still with me? You are going to fight like you are doing battle. What will you do with the Holy Ghost? What will you do with the spirit that raised Christ from the dead? Today you are going to fight the battles of your life. You will fight what? The battles of... You will look at that situation that they consider dead. Let me tell you what God wants to do with us as a church during this is to open the graves. He said, and I will open your graves. All the bones that you think are dry. Now, this is prophetic. All the bones that you think are dry. He said, they will come alive again. I will open your grave and I will raise from among me mighty army. You will lift up your voice and say, Father, by the spirit of Jesus that dwells in me, everything dead in my life, everything dead in my ministry, everything dead around me, come alive. Begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Begin to pray, begin to pray. Everything dead, everything dead in your life. Everything dead around you. Everything dead. Don't allow anything die. Oh, my life receive a quickening. My business receive a quickening. I am coming out of the grave. You do not need an intercessor. You have the deposit. Oh, you may not need a prophet. You have the deposit. What will you do with that spirit? What will you do with that spirit? Will it quicken your business? Will it quicken your destiny that they consider dead? Will it quicken your applications? Will it quicken your relationship? Will it quicken you? What will you do with the Holy Ghost? Everything dead in my family come alive. Everything dead in my body come alive. Everything dead around me come alive. Male parados que perida, anga ya to parada calabariada. E que te perdia nanga tu bocha, ambararia te. E cata parada que te bocha capa, limbararia da. E cata parada da. Oh, come alive! I'm alive! I'm alive! Why do you seek in among the dead? They will look for you among the failure, they will not find you. They will look for you among the depressed, they will not find you. They will look for you among the sick, they will not find you. Why do you seek for the living among the dead? In Jesus' precious name we pray. You know, if I say we should drag this, we will pray for the next 30 minutes. With the same prayer. The angel said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? That is what the spirit does. It translocates you. It changes position. Literally. It was here. We knew it was here. But it's no longer here. Why are you still searching for me among those who failed? Why are you counting me with the people who are below the poverty index? Why? That spirit has the power to change your life. But it's inside of you. It's a deposit. It's an inheritance inside of you already. If you have received the God, Jesus, and you have received the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. And after the order of raising your life, is somebody listening to what I say? Lift up your hands as I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone here by the power of resurrection open their graves. Everyone locked here.